When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Exodus chapter three, verses four and five. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Reagan Gilliland. And this is Off Script, a podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on last Sunday's sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. This is our official first episode of season three. I feel Woo! very official when we mm-hmm. call it. Like I know. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I feel, I'm happy about that. Yesterday was back to school Sunday. Great Sunday as a church. Great Sunday. We had stuff going on from 8.45 in the morning. And then, uh, both my kids are in youth, so I was here until late in the evening. And uh, it was just great. We started a new sermon series called End of the Wilderness, where we're talking about the story of Moses. Three of the sermons will be from the book of Exodus. One's going to be from the book of Deuteronomy. And uh, we're off and running. Yeah. So I felt good about yesterday, despite things. What are the, what are the membership vows? The membership vows. <laughs> Prayers, presents, gifts, service, witness. Uh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Nice job. <laughs> if you weren't in worship, you're like, I don't know why. <laughs> that was the 11 o'clock service. Yeah. So, so we're breaking in a new music director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. and Alex Herndon, who runs our uh, booth now, is trying to keep Ben honest, but that's not always, <laughs> yeah. it's not always easy. Like he's. And it was communion. Su- it was communion just, Sunday. There was a lot going on. It was a big Sunday. So it was, it was just, awesome. it was yeah. great. It was. So it, what, if you were at the 8.45 or the 9.45 or the 11, you saw some kind of fun thing happening that was unplanned. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but it was a great, it was a great Sunday, really. That's well. just the Holy Spirit working. The Holy know? Spirit wanted to make sure everyone had a chuckle <laughs> at some point <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. Because, you know, we're back to a, the, the back-to-school sermon series are a little more, um, I'd say, educational. Mm-hmm. Like we're focusing on uh, characters of the Bible. Yes. So... It's not as light as the Broadway series we just finished. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, a little little comic relief's not a bad thing. Yeah. I always appreciate that. Um, so let's talk about how I feel like you didn't use a God voice much when you said Moses. <laughs> like, why did you not be like, Moses? You mean my normal voice doesn't sound very God-like? No, it doesn't. There are children in the congregation who would beg to differ with that. <laughs> 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 did I ever tell you about the time? So I was in... Um, uh, in Henrietta, this is 10 years ago, 12 years ago, uh, I did the chapel for the preschool and the last one of the year, <laughs> and I did it every week, right? It was our cross street from Parsonage. Uh, Max was in it at the time. Sam was not yet. He was a baby. And uh, so the last one of the year I did communion and at the church in Henrietta had a really nice sanctuary and then a, a little chapel that was probably sat 20 people. Okay. It was really, it was really pretty. And so the kids were, you know, kneeling at the communion rail and uh, the, the preschool director and I were serving communion. And so I handed this little girl the bread and I said, uh, this is because Jesus loves you. And she said, thank you, Mr. God. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, I, I have, something's gone terribly wrong in my teaching that you think I'm God. I'm going to go ahead and put an order for new business cards for me, Mrs. God. <laughs> Is that like the meme that Ben used for ice cream, Little Miss and Little and Mister? 
uh, God. That's the new. That's the new meme. Oh yeah, the little, the little, yeah, the characters that yep. are like little characters. Little Miss, mm-hmm. I'm always late or so, you know, <laughs> yeah. like whatever it is. Little Miss, I'm on my way, but she's really not. Yep. Yep. <laughs> is this on Instagram or something? Uh, uh, yeah, but I missed it. Yeah. Okay. Did you did you log in since? <laughs> I did, but I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> so I was <laughs> on the way home yesterday. I got an Instagram notification on my watch. And I said, Max, what do I do? <laughs> How do I post a picture on Instagram? And he's like, oh my gosh, Dad. And he doesn't have Instagram. So anyway, I have logged in, um, mm-hmm. but I haven't gotten any farther than that. I think I followed Kim, actually. <laughs> All right. <laughs> she also doesn't post. So it's <laughs> yeah, she, so it's going to be a slow, so, so no wonder there's nothing slow on interaction. My, my feed. Yeah, I, I'll have to get a tutorial after this. Okay, so let's jump into it. So you talk about how, um, you know, it starts off Exodus, let's see, in Exodus one seven, things seem really good and dandy, and then everything changes in one yeah. eight. So, all right, let's back up. Yeah. So, two years ago we did Adam and Eve. Last year we did Abraham and Sarah. This year we're jumping up forward to Moses and and Miriam. And we have, we should probably talk about why, why Miriam. That's probably, mm-hmm. I mean, one of your questions asked about Aaron, which is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the idea is we're going to go through the canon chronologically and talk about a different set of characters uh, every year. So we have jumped to the end of Genesis slash beginning of Exodus. So that sets the story. And, and we're starting this particular series with the story of Moses at the burning bush, which mm-hmm. is very famous. Most people know some kind of, know, know some version of that story, yes. right? Even secular, even the secular world knows a burning bush experience, like what some, yeah. some revelation that you get or some epiphany or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was in The Simpsons, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Do you think it was? Yeah. All right. I mean, it's been around for like 20 plus years. It had to make an appearance once, mm-hmm. at least. <laughs> the Simpsons has been around 20 yeah. plus years. Yeah. yeah. The Bible, much more much, than 20. Much longer. At least 30. <laughs> at least 30. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, Donnie Osmond uh, is Joseph, and things are going great. I've and, never seen The Prince of Egypt, by the way. Wait, the cartoon? You're kidding mm-hmm. me. Ooh. Never seen it. Because it's not, it's not, it's DreamWorks, right? It is yeah. DreamWorks. Yeah. That's but like it's a good. low-rent Disney. It's uh, good. I'm all oh Disney all my the time. God. Okay, so you're going to need to put that on your homework. <laughs> yeah. That's a non-negotiable. Yeah. That's a good flick. I don't flick. think anybody watches that That's anymore. a good flick. <laughs> it is. Is there music? There is, is music. There music. <laughs> there will be miracles <laughs> if you believe. If you believe. Wait, yeah. who sings that? What character? Or is that just background I think music? it's just background. Uh, or does no, someone sing no, it? No, no, no. His sister sings it Miriam. as they're leaving. Miriam? Yeah. Was that what she sings? Yeah. Okay. As I'm they're leaving Egypt. Egypt. Well, here you go. This is like, this is your opportunity <laughs> to educate the congregation this coming week on the Prince of Egypt. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's great. Okay. We are really <laughs> in rare form today. Okay. So, Donnie Osmond, Joseph. Okay. That's Joseph. He plays Joseph the Amazing Tentacular Dreamcoat. Donnie Osmond? Well, I thought we were talking about the Prince of Egypt. Yeah, we're switching. Well, because you're talking about. What are we talking? <laughs> what sermon are you talking about? I'm talking. Okay, so you talk about how Joseph was in charge and then things changed. Yeah, that, right? like for half like a two, second. Two I'm, lines. Just, like I'm, I'm just, just laying yeah, the. Setting the stage. Yes, yeah, setting okay. the stage, as you say. <laughs> setting the stage. So things are great under Joseph. Yes. For the Israelites. Right. And then there's a switch. There's an. What there's a new. It says then the new king arose. The over new king, Egypt, and then everything. No, Joseph. Yeah, so then is there? What's the reason of why things just turned kind of, and things got very bad for the Israelites? 
Well, I mean, so Exodus says that it's because they were doing so well. Okay. And so, I mean, isn't that the story of human history? Mm-hmm. Where the strangers end up doing better than the citizens, and so the citizens, or one of the leaders, decides to turn the citizens against the foreigners. Mm-hmm. There's a whole sermon in here. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I know. So, it's But, I mean, that's what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the whole the whole concept, the whole premise, the whole reality of Israelites being slaves in Egypt, like that, it is like that's just foundational to who we are as God's people. So what God did was deliver us from slavery. We we say it every every month in the communion liturgy. Mm-hmm. We talk about Jesus delivering us from slavery to sin and death, but that's building on the um, uh, the God of salvation, deliverance, redemption, who delivered us from literal slavery in Egypt. So. Joseph had an exalted place in the court of Pharaoh because he could interpret dreams and he could manage stuff. He was a great leader. Mm-hmm. And so Pharaoh ended up relying on him. That's how Joseph gets his own family moved from uh, the promised land to Egypt so that they could survive the famine. And they, they brought a bunch of friends. Yep. <laughs> and then they flourished. Yeah, they kept multiplying, which yeah. was what was told to Abraham. Right, <laughs> right. And they're like, all right, we're going to do it. Right. And then became so big, and then Pharaoh wants to eliminate. Like, wait a minute. Wait, so I'm, I need to make sure they're got free labor, labor here. Free labor, and then they're getting too strong, so let's eliminate the boy baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, lo- he felt like he was losing power, essentially. Right. right. Okay. And then in Matthew's gospel, which we're actually going to talk about in, for Advent this year, there are a lot of connections between the story of of Israel going to Egypt, like the slaughter of the innocents, Herod killing all the baby boys in mm-hmm. Bethlehem, uh, is a clear echo of this story, of this story right. of Exodus. And then when the Holy Family goes to Egypt in exile, that's a that's another kind of recapitulation of that theme or a, a metaphor based on the historical event of the Israelites being in, in Egypt. So there's a lot of connections there. Yeah. Okay. It's, all, it's all about Christmas somehow. It's all about Christmas yeah. somehow. Um, okay, so Exodus 2 skips ahead. We find Moses as a young man, and in the Prince of Egypt, he's a very attractive young man. I'm just Who plays that voice? Not Donnie Osmond. Not Donnie Osmond. Ashley's looking it up. <laughs> I thought you loved that movie. Shouldn't you know that off the top of your head? I was like eight. <laughs> so, um, oh, my goodness. Okay, so she I said was she, eight. She was eight when it came out. So I do feel I had like already been off to war and back by then, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's true. Oh, that's funny. It's a true story based on a true story. So um, first of all, God and Moses were both played by Val Kilmer. Oh, interesting. Uh, Ralph. Macchio? Fines? Fines? Oh, Fines. It was Ramesses. Huh. Okay. Um, Miriam and, was Sandra you, Bullock. It's, I think you uh, actually pronounce it Rafe Fines. But it looks like Ralph. Yeah. But he was in, uh, have you ever seen Schindler's List? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I watched that movie way too young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> way too young. Not appropriate. Uh, Steve Martin was Hotep. Huh. Martin Short was Hoy, the two Egyptian priests. Oh, okay. I just didn't realize how many people were in this movie. That's a great movie. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Patrick Stewart, Jeff Goldblum. Wow. Uh, and that's uh, everybody of note. All right. So Val Kilmer. Plays yeah. a very handsome oh, animated yeah. Moses. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just okay. So okay. So I feel like uh, in general, when we have these very 
I feel like well-known stories, we kind of mix like what has been talked about in pop culture, what's in movies. And so we don't actually know what actually happens. And so Moses is a young man. Did he know that he was a Hebrew? Because in the Prince of Egypt, he like doesn't. It's like this big moment where they're like, actually, you're the same. Right. Like so, a big reveal. A big reveal. Yeah. So, um, I mean, <clears throat> the Bible doesn't say one way or the other. Okay. It's a great question. Yeah. It's the same, similar question, not exactly the same, but similar question to, did Jesus know he was God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's unclear. <laughs> yeah. But, but when he kills the Egyptian... Scripture refer the Exodus refers to the Egypt I mean the Hebrew who he was trying to defend yes. as one of his kinsfolk. Kin- right. And so I mean we know that as the reader. Mm-hmm. Surely Moses did. Yeah. I think by the time that scene happens in the movie, he does know. Okay. But I think he denies Miriam when she speaks to him in the street. Yes. In the movie. Okay. I could be wrong. So yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um Okay. Okay, so then you, as we move along the Exodus story, could you lay out the family tree major players that we're dealing with so far? Um, like, yeah, what do you mean? So, like, we've got Moses, who are his siblings? Right. Like, who does he end up marrying? Like, who are okay? Which I know you don't mention all of them, but yeah. it might be good for our listeners. Yeah. So, so Moses is. Um, I mean, the story is that his that Pharaoh had ordered the mm-hmm. the killing of all the male Hebrew babies. His mother tries to save him by putting him, putting him in, a, in a basket in the river. And while his sister Miriam watches, and we're not, we don't know the age difference between the two of them, mm-hmm. I don't think, right? I don't think so. Um, then she watches Pharaoh's daughter save Moses, bring him into the house of Pharaoh. And uh, somebody suggests, who is it that suggests his mother is the nurse? kind of ironic. So mm-hmm. the nurse and his mother ends up being part of his life, which leads me to believe that surely she told him at some Must point. Must have said right? like yeah. P.S. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Moses, I ain't your mother. Like a yeah. whole Star Wars reference there, surely. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, so when he flees, oh, he's got, and he's got two other siblings. He's got two siblings, Miriam and Aaron. Okay. Right? And Aaron, we will, he, come, he becomes part of the story later. And when, Really, the bulk of the story is about Moses and Aaron, mm-hmm. but because the, because it's important to highlight important women in Scripture, we chose to highlight Miriam yes. as opposed to Aaron. Yeah, right. That was a, a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in these stories, it's a little harder to find the significant uh, woman who's written about, even though we know they existed. Yes, just because of the way the Bible is. So that's why we went with Miriam. So uh, then he marries. Uh, what's her name? Zipporah. Starts with a J, right? J. Well, oh wait, uh, no. Or is that what's his father-in-law? Is Jeth- that with a J? Jethro. Okay. Zipporah. Yeah, Zipporah. that's her name. Z i p p o r a h. Um. And his his father-in-law's name Jethro. Yeah. Yeah. Jethro, which is <laughs> this is a story about a man named Jed, right? You get Beverly Hillbillies? Jeff oh, Hall. yeah. Okay. Um, and that's, it, that's awful. You know Prince of Egypt, but you don't know Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, okay, and the pharaoh, we don't know what pharaoh it is, right? That's kind of a... We don't, but I think the assumption is that it's Ramses the second. I've got that somewhere. I should have looked it okay. up. Okay. Okay, so you 
make kind of a bold statement saying that <laughs> Moses is the most pivotal character in the Old Testament. Yeah. And so I, w- I was thinking about that. And I was like, man, I feel like most would say Abraham is. But, and I know you kind of go through why. Mm-hmm. So explain yeah. why Moses, you feel like, is the most pivotal character. Well, so I think, I think if you talk to a rabbi, they'd tell you the same thing. Because Moses is the lawgiver. Okay. I mean, that, this is the moment where Israel becomes Israel. Right? Because the, the covenant with, with Abraham is, I mean, he is, Abraham and Sarah are the patriarch and matriarch. There's no question about that. But there's only a few chapters about them mm-hmm. in Genesis. Right? I mean, they're just kind of the, um, like, they didn't, they, well, you know, Abraham's primary concern was, and Sarah's, was children. Yes. Right? So they delivered on the promise. God, Abraham kept the circumcision um, agreement, the covenant. Mm-hmm. But that was a very narrowly defined agree, uh, relationship agreement. And so Moses is the, the first prophet in Israel's history. He's the, the prototypical prophet in Israel's history. He's the lawgiver. And there's four books of the Bible devoted to his story. Mm-hmm. I mean, his story with the, with the story of Israel. But he, I mean, he's just a massively important figure. And um, in Islam... Uh, so they, in, in Islamic theology, uh, on Judgment Day, uh, the people of the book, so Christians, Jews, and Muslims, mm-hmm. will all have their prophet to intercede for them with God. Okay. And in, in Islamic theology, Jesus is the only sinless prophet. He's got a very exalted role. They don't believe he's God, obviously, mm-hmm. like we do, but... Um, so he's got an exalted role. Muhammad is clearly the, mm-hmm. the prophet for Muslims, and Moses is the prophet for Jews. And he's got a very exalted okay. position there in, in Islamic theology as I well. I don't think I knew that yeah. Moses. Okay. Yeah. Learn something yeah. new every day. So, I mean, it is, it is the law given through Moses that makes God's people God's people. Abraham's just backstory. Yeah. <laughs> he's important. Yeah. For sure. But there's no figure that comes close to the, the foundational importance of the people of God because the exodus is what makes God's people God's people. Mm-hmm. And the exile is this crisis moment brought on by all the terrible leaders from Moses to <laughs> the exile. Yeah. Um, and it, during that later period, it's when the messianic expectation uh, evolved. Yeah. But I, I think it's easy as Christians to overlook just how central Moses is to the whole story. Oh, for sure. I mean, after I heard your sermon and then looking over the manuscript and I thought about it, I was like, oh, well, I know Moses is important, but as I started and then prepping for my sermon for this next week, I'm like, oh, yeah, Moses was very important in the things that were set. Because I think if you are if you were to ask the average person, they might be like, well, King David or something, you know, like yeah, even so, though... Yeah. David's the celebrity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we forget, like, no, like, <laughs> so many important things happen because of, like, Moses answering and doing all these things, like the law and, and becoming the people. And David's impact was transitory. Yes. I mean, the kingdom didn't last past, the kingdom right. didn't last to his grandchildren. And it kind of shows how, like, short-sighted we are. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> we want general. the flash, we want the guy who kills, uh, what's the, Goliath. Yeah. Right. And then there's that whole steamy story with Bathsheba. Yeah. But it's but Moses is the like you do, the law is traced to the leadership of Moses, mm-hmm. and the law is what makes 
Jews, Jews. I, I mean, I, yeah. again, I'm saying this as a Christian pastor, not a rabbi, but I, but I think a, a rabbi would um, affirm that. Yeah. Moses makes the Excel spreadsheets of our <laughs> faith, right? Just setting up things. Is that a new thing? Excel what? Like what? I don't know. I just feel like anyone that I know that works, they're like, I just do Excel spreadsheets. Like it's boring, but like foundational oh. <laughs> work to how like lots of businesses work. <laughs> okay. I thought that was a new meme that I was not up no. to date on. No, it should be though. Ashley's looking it up on Instagram. Yeah, she is. Um, okay, so moving along, I know the focus was. Uh, Wait, that's, the, that's fun though, right? I mean, he. Yes. He's crucial. When you lay out, and 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 I think I even forgot. Oh, he, yeah, he's in four books. Four books. That's a lot. I mean, he he is according to tradition the author of the law, the author of all five mm-hmm. books. I mean, obviously we know that's not true now with biblical scholarship, but deep in the tradition. They attributed the whole Torah to be written by Moses. Yeah. So were his writing skills better than his speaking skills? I mean, his speaking skills couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. First day of seminary is true. First day, for, actually, no, it's not true. First day of Old Testament, so second year of seminary. Um, Roy Heller mm-hmm. uh, said he, <laughs> he asked, who is, who is commonly thought to have written the first five books of the, te- of the Old Testament? And I was gonna. I'm a teacher's pet, which probably doesn't surprise you. Shocker. I was gonna. Write, I, I was. I was like this close. I'm. I'm holding my pointer finger and thumb very close together. Yeah. This close to raising my hand and answering that question because I knew the answer to that question. Um, but I didn't because I figured, ah, eh, let the game come to you, Dad. This is Bible's not exactly your thing. You're raised Catholic, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm glad I didn't because somebody raised their hand who did know and said Moses. I'm like, oh, Moses. I was gonna say God. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, that would have set a bad tone. That would have been. I really wish he would have. That would have been <laughs> right. I mean, I ended up getting not to brag, but I ended up getting a hundred in, in Old Testament. But it's because I, I, I. Uh, you realize after the first day, oh, I need to study. I, I realized after the first <laughs> like ten minutes, like, oh man, I know nothing about this. You <laughs> should be like. Uh, I think I spoke like four words all through seminary. I'm pretty sure. Like I would wait till the last day of the class to like speak. Like yeah. Scott, my husband, because we w- took most classes together. He's like Reagan. You have not talked all semester. You're not going to get participation points. I'd you be tell like, him like you're using enough words for both of us. Yeah, Scott. you are, Scott. If you could just stop talking for one second. I'm assuming he did not use four words all. No, semester. although he wasn't super talkative. No. no. All right. He's pretty outgoing. He is. Yeah. It's pretty funny too. He is. I mean, not as funny as me, but he tries. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so it talks about how 600,000 men plus women and oh, children. Oh, man, my wife gave me a hard time about that. So I, I, we were going through the, the um, manuscript on Saturday, as is my custom. Mm-hmm. She corrects things when they need to be corrected. And she's like, that's chauvinist. I'm like, ah, but that's what the Bible says. I'm not, that's not me. I mean, that's common. <laughs> kind of like the that. feeding of the 5,000, right. like plus 5, women. 5,000 men. Yes. And however many women were there. Yeah, you know them. them they the were there too, <laughs> freeloaders. I mean, like, yeah. But okay, so with numbers that like that, people yeah. read they're like, really, that's so many right. people. Right. Is that real? How are numbers used in general throughout the scripture? So I, gosh, people bog down in this, mm-hmm. right? It's it's the worst in Revelation. Everybody wants to know what do the specific numbers mean and how we're going to interpret it. It's and which is just kind of beats me down to be honest with you because I don't read it like that. So any any huge number is just intended to convey 
uh, a large amount. Yes. Right. Yeah. So no one did a census. They, no. they were on their way out the door. Like they were yeah. running from Pharaoh. They didn't have time to count everybody. So um, could it have been six hundred thousand? Sure, of course. Was it six hundred thousand? I have no idea. Actually, I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. populations in ancient in the ancient Near East well enough right. to know. But um, I would say that it just is to indicate that number one, all of them left, and number two, there were a lot of them. We don't have to get into History Channel stuff. And no, we don't count about you know. Yeah, I just think that's. It's just when you read the Bible, some things are, it comes back to the distinction between truth and fact. What the theological truth that somebody is trying to convey, that the passage is trying to convey, is not necessarily the same thing as the historical details and mm-hmm. facts of the case. Yeah. 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 A lot of the writers put like specific numbers, but they were trying to show the difference, like in the, so I'm teaching that Exodus class just on yeah. like a couple verses. Yeah, yeah. So the end of that, Exodus, what, 34, 6 through 7, like it starts off. And then it kind of ends like, and then God punches the thousands. <laughs> you know, there's like this weird, in reading it, it talks about showing how like there may be a small number that are quote unquote punished or judged, but like the larger number, it's trying to show the difference of like, but God's love and forgiveness outweighs this small portion. And so, yeah, people get caught up in numbers and like, no, think, think bigger. <laughs> What's it trying to say? Right, right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So Moses is very hesitant to say yes to God when he, mm-hmm. when God, um, you know, calls him through the through the bush. Do you think if he would have known the current Pharaoh, it would have been hard. He would have said yes, or do you think he still would have said no? No, I think he would have said no. Still. I don't think it mattered. Didn't I mean, matter. I, I, I wanted to just point out. I made the point in the sermon just to remind everybody he's. This is a different era, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but. It, it's a fundamental question of that I think most I think this is fair to say that most biblical characters wrestle with because most human beings wrestle with it even Jesus had his moment with this mm-hmm. in the garden am I am I enough for this am I good enough am I worthy of this task I mean it, it, all that all that self-doubt that human beings wrestle with and I don't there are very few exceptions to that I mean I can't think of any exceptions to that mm-hmm. um, I mean just imagine it's so hard to read this story. It's so hard to read this story without the benefit of hindsight. We know who he becomes. We know what happens. We know the story of Mount Sinai. We know the story of the 40 years in the wilderness. I mean, we know all those stories, and we, see, and we load all of that into this moment of call. Mm-hmm. He didn't know any of it. <laughs> and it, we're not even clear, frankly, that he knew God all that well. Right? This is just kind of out of the blue. Yeah. And not in a dissimilar way to Abraham's call, or Abram at the time's call. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, so you want me to go into Pharaoh's court and confront Pharaoh? You know that never ends well for people. Yeah. Um, you want me to be the one to lead us back to the promised land? Good grief. Like, he, he had a chill life, right? He was married. They were raising a family. He was, his father-in-law was the priest, local priest. So, he, you know, he's in good shape. And he, he's called to this incredibly uh, dangerous, profoundly important task. And I... I mean, I just can't imagine a healthy response to that call being anything other than, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Because anything other than that is an over-reliance on our own yeah. ability to do Like if you would have been like, no problem. Yeah, I got you. I got, I got you, guy. I got you. Right? <laughs> now, there are unhealthy leaders that live like that. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go into all that right now, but... <laughs> um, 
Someone you know. told me one time that <laughs> love a debunk. Did he? Is it inferred that he had a speech impediment? Talks about Aaron being a mouthpiece, right? Yeah. So he it, he doesn't feel like he is eloquent enough. Mm-hmm. Is the way I mm-hmm. would put that. Okay. 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 Whether or not it's a physical like speech impediment yeah. is. Um, I mean, you don't. That doesn't really come across in anything else. Okay. That he says. I was just curious because somebody was like, "Well, yeah, from this, this, this." Well, everyone's like, inferred. "Oh, Moses had a stutter." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, People it's like this merging that. of like. Isn't like, that funny? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no... It, Paul was also thought to have some kind of a physical impediment and, and some kind of a uh, speaking thing, but hmm. but but who knows? I mean, yeah. maybe he's just boring. Right. <laughs> right, maybe he's just... Maybe he doesn't have charisma. Maybe he thought that um, that he couldn't command a room. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons that he could have... Yeah. He could have had He's like, no, you don't out. understand. I'm good at a trivia night, not charades. <laughs> <laughs> this is not... I am boring, God. I I'm I, not, I am not your you've guy. You've seen me. Listen, you want Aaron. He's the he's the cut he's, up. He's the hype man. <laughs> right, exactly. Use him. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So you make a point um, that that God sees us and hears us and is responding to kind of the cry, uh, but the response is to help us is through people. Do you think that is different? Do do other do people have different theology with that? Oh, they, yeah, so yeah, yeah. talk about that. I mean, the, the question as you wrote it is sometimes God responds through people. Yeah. And the way I've said it was God always responds through people. Like, I just feel like that's the way God works. So, um, you know, there's we, we don't have a God as puppet master theology or mm-hmm. God as um, uh, just constantly using God's power over us in a in a direct interventionist way. It's always God calling, God inviting, God instructing, and that's how we believe transformation happens. Or, in this case, deliverance happens. Um, now, I mean, we, we believe that to the extent that God himself, God, God's self, mm-hmm. became a human being mm-hmm. because that's the way God works is through human beings. Yeah. None of the stuff that God does, uh, if you read the Exodus narrative closely, and we're going to be, um, happens absent Moses' action in some way. You know? Mm-hmm. Like the, sea does, the Red Sea doesn't part itself until Moses raises his staff. Yeah. But it requires some kind of participation by human beings for these miracles to happen. Um, the manna and the quail, I mean, I guess that's a, like a provision of, a, like a natural provision of food and water. Um, but even that, you know, Moses, the, Moses' intervention is involved mm-hmm. almost all the time. There may be an exception to that we'll get to, but um, that's the way God, that's the way God works. That is, I mean, that's incarnational theology. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely reading a little bit of a Christian take into the story. Yeah. But, you know, that's who we are. That's who we are. Um. Okay, so do you think Aaron gets overlooked in this whole story? Well, Aaron blows his chance of fame in the golden calf thing. Yeah, sure does. That is a doozy. <laughs> so that's not a minor yeah. transaction, and uh, or minor infraction, rather. And so um, probably, but probably rightfully so. Okay, that's fair. Um, do you have a favorite part of the scripture that you read yesterday, like... Um, because, you know, God is establishing something, saying I am, you know, all these things. Is there a particular part that you just really love? 
You know, I thought about uh, making this passage shorter because you you can get almost everything you need if you go through the 15th verse is where he, he tells Moses the divine name. Um, and I almost cut out that last little part about Egyptian women plundering the Egyptian, yeah. I mean, the Hebrew women plundering I didn't the notice it until 11 o'clock. I was like, ooh. <laughs> that's like a weird that's, that's hard. But, I mean, all that is part of God's speech, and I felt like mm, it's probably not best for me to edit, edit. out God's speech. <laughs> uh, so I love the story because I love the compassion God shows, the expectation that we have a role to play, and, I mean, I frankly find Moses' humility endearing. I mean, he he had murdered somebody. Like, he which will later be um, one of the top ten commandments. Like, you can't do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I don't know. We, we could probably unpack that in a sermon, too. Like, he, the thing that forced him into exile, which is where God ends up finding him, is something that becomes prohibited yeah. at the very beginning of the law that he's going to receive and give on, give to the Israelites. So I just think the whole exchange is, is really powerful. It's revelatory about who God is and who we should be in relation to God. It's a great story. How about you? You got a favorite part of it? And I may be merging the Prince of Egypt, <laughs> but just the the God like calling and saying Moses, like that, just that intimate, like saying the name audibly is, I don't know, very moving yeah. because it's a very personal. And I think sometimes we can get into our heads and we forget that we worship um, and love a very personal God. And so I think sometimes we forget that. Moses. 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 Yeah. So Val Kilmer does both the voice of God and of... I guess I didn't realize that. And of Moses. So what do you look forward to most in this series? You know, from here on out, we're we're preaching on stories that are not the most famous stories from the Exodus. Mm -hmm. But probably probably week four, that's in Moses' farewell. So Deuteronomy is written as Moses' farewell um, by his valedictory speech Mm -hmm. because he doesn't get to go, he doesn't get to cross the Jordan. He doesn't get to go. Right. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing about, like, choose, it's up to you. Moses ends up saying it's up to you whether or not you want to receive the blessings of God. And if you, if you do, then it's very clear. God's made very clear what, what you need to do, which is the gift of the law. Like, as Christians, we can see the law as, um, like, an oppressive thing mm-hmm. or just, what, 635 or something like that do's and don'ts when for the Israelites it was a it was a grace because it was very clear what you needed to do in order to live in a right relationship with God which uh, was at a time when God's God's lower mm-hmm. cheek God's tended to be a little more unpredictable a little more kind of chaotic chaotic for sure yeah. arbitrary mm-hmm. and so what we what we learn in this story is that God is none of those things and that it's very clear what we need to do to be in relationship with God. And I just love that, that Moses ends his time with the Israelites, which is decades, right? It's 40, some, 40 years, basically, by reminding them of that. So that, that's probably the one. Have you ever preached on the Song of Miriam? No. It's really, just a couple of verses. It follows the Song of Moses, right? Yeah, <clears throat> which we'll talk about that <laughs> this next week. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think um, with the law and everything, that's one thing that I love being part of a denomination that has so much good doctrine and things written down. Um, I think people appreciate that mm-hmm. and I, um, that we can go back and look. And that's similar to kind of the law, like, no, these are the things. Um, because I like order, mm-hmm. and so it's right. nice to have these things that we can 
look to. So I appreciate that. Yep. Um, but I really like this series because you picked stories that are not the ones that are like the well-known. Yeah, ones. yeah. So I think that's really because like we could have gone with you know. Ten Commandments, Burning Bush, Golden Calf. Red Sea. You know, all the things. Yeah. They're like, oh, right. that's the most. But these more smaller ones, I think it's it's good. That's awesome. All right, y'all. Well, it's good to be back for another season. Uh, Reagan's preaching this coming week, and I get to talk to her next week about what she's going to what she's gonna tell us about Miriam. Or sing. You or sing. Know. There's you going to be interpretive <laughs> dance and a tambourine solo. There is. <laughs> yeah, she said she was just going to dance for 17 minutes. <laughs> yeah. With a tambourine. With yeah. a tambourine. Yeah. I'll Duh. back you up. Duh. We'll, we'll, do the, we'll do that Prince of Egypt song, and I will, I will get down to that Great. Song. Great. Yeah. All right, y'all. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Off Script. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Off Script. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd and Reverend Reagan Gilland. Produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.